the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hear me? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! It is that. It is Wednesday. We are on the downside of the week now as we start working towards Friday. If you haven't heard, they've changed the time for the Razorback game. Yep. They're going to have kickoff at noon to try to keep them from playing in the hottest part of the day, which is around 3, 4 o'clock. So it's not going to be in the you know, middle 90s while they're out there. The last thing you want is everybody cramping up and passing out. I don't know. We we never let weather affect us. Well, it's, but it's, it's a new age we live in. No, it's Jimmy. a wuss age. Okay, it's a wussy age. Play ball. There okay, is, play there ball. There is that, that kind of things as well. But yeah. anyway, and it's a litigious age, so they're afraid that they'll get sued uh, about doing that. If you've just tuned in to this morning to the show, let me uh, remind you that uh, the uh, – was it Adelia? Has now made landfall yeah. down in Big Bend, Category Florida. Category 3 now, right? Barely. Barely. Soon to be Category, category 2. Four, category 4. Yeah, I've seen reports this morning we're getting a cat, they're getting a Category 4 down there. Okay, so just barely a 4. Though. I would say. Now, yeah. now yeah. I heard on the way in that it, it uh, on the news that it dropped to Category 3. three. But, it, but it is dropping. But so here's the key. It, the, big, the big part is the storm surge. Right. Uh, if the people that are along the coast didn't get out, they're going to be on the roof of their home. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're talking about a storm surge in some areas of 16 feet. That's a lot of water coming in. Yes. Okay. Lit- <laughs> this is funny. Literally just got an update from the National Hurricane Center. It is uh, extremely dangerous Category 3 hurricane. All right. Okay. So. All right. So. It, it's on the bad side of three. It's on the light side of four. It's kind of how it's going right now. Hopefully, it's going to continue to weaken. And hopefully, but that not, won't stop the storm. Hopefully, search. you did not go to Florida for yeah. your vacation yeah. at this time, and you, you know you're here and you're you're dry. I, I've been watching the weather because there's these storms are forming all the time out in the Gulf now and out in the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean and making their way towards the Gulf. They said that the temperature of the Gulf is bathtub wet uh, temperature right now. It's that warm. And uh, that means a lot of energy for these storms. I think it's pretty amazing that the storm started over the weekend, and it's making landfall today. It's moving pretty quick. They said on on the water about 17 to 20 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. Yeah. For a storm, and then it'll pick up speed as it uh, goes over Florida into Georgia, and then into South Carolina. We just, you know, you just hope and pray for the folks down there because you know, the, as we've seen t- so often, storm surge is just that's devastating. What, well, that's what kills most people. Yeah, it's not the wind. It's you the know, water. It's yeah. the water that kills people. 
that was one good thing when I was overseas and I was on Guam and we had typhoons. That that island was tall, so we didn't worry about storm surge. Right. There were areas on the island that, of course, were down right on uh, the South China Sea and on the Pacific Ocean. They had to worry about it yeah. because the water really came in with, like, Pamela and as things. As far as Guam, the only concern is tipping over, right? Uh, sinking, absolutely. Sinking, yeah. Absolutely, of course. You know that one congressman. <laughs> Can you put that many troops on Guam? Keep it from tipping over. Yeah, put too too many on one side and it's over. I had you know? I had Congressman Westerman on <laughs> last week and he was at on Guam and uh, he said they were checking that out to make sure it couldn't happen. Couldn't happen. Yeah, of course. Of course there was, they... Look, there was a big skating rink on Guam and it got blown away by one of the typhoons. But they still had the rink was sitting there, you know, the the concrete rink that people went into and skated. We used to call that the plug. The plug. <laughs> that if the Russians came for us, we'd pull the plug and the island yeah, would sink. Sink. There you go. You know, but, uh, yeah, it was. What it, is it, the, the beetle bark and then what y'all chewed down there? Yeah, beetle nut. Beetle nut. Beetle nut. I, I, I went over that with the congressman yeah. last week. Yeah. I just told him, if they offer you finihi. Say thank you, but no thank you. Now that's the bat. That's fruit bat. Fruit bat, yeah. Yeah, that's fruit bat. Cooked fruit bat. That's what it is. Boiled fruit bat. Yeah, it's not much different than these. Tastes squ- good. I'm going to tell well, you, it tastes good. Don't know. They clean it. I mean, it's not. <laughs> I don't want yeah. you to think you reach in with your chopsticks and you're pulling a bat out, out of a bowl or well, something. Well, nobody, nobody where I come from can say anything because, I mean, if we're going to eat a squirrel, we can eat a bat. Yeah, well, that's true. So, I mean, they're both rodents. Yeah. So, I mean, really can't judge, right? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it's good because the bats, the only thing they feed off of is fruit. Healthy, then. So, they are very, very sweet when you eat them. And uh, then you got the big old coconut crabs that are, are, if you like crab legs, Mm -hmm. that's the crab legs to get. I know everybody talks about Alaskan crab legs, and I've had them, and they're good. But let me tell you, on Guam, what they do is they catch those crabs, and they put them in cages so they can't get away, and all they feed them is coconut meat. Now, you feed an animal coconut meat all its life and then boil it and eat it, guess what it tastes like? Coconut. You got it. See, I I could deduce that. Yeah. Really My thing is this. Why are are they oppressing crabs in Guam? (laughs) Okay, You oppress them, and then you eat them. Depends on what part of the city you're yeah, in. Yeah, where is PETA crabs. on this, right? Yes. Yeah, well, they'll be telling you you shouldn't be eating them. <laughs> yeah. But these are these crabs are huge. I mean, you've seen Alaskan oh, crabs, yeah. right? Yeah. They're they're that size. I mean, you're you're talking. I don't Stuff know that would, from from yeah. one end of the lake to the other end of the lake. You're looking at five and a half to six feet. Something that would make me run the other direction. Yeah. 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 But I mean, they're, they're 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 not real. Vicious animals, let's put it that way. You know, those big crabs and stuff, I I see the pictures of them in the National Geographic and everything, and you're going, wow. And then I think, what if I walked up on one of those? I mean, I think I'd jump 10 feet in there. It's the spiders that I jump 10 feet. Those big ones, yeah. Yeah, You get out in the boonies, and you think you've seen a big spider until you see that, and then you see a big spider. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of spiders and snakes. I'm, I'm, I'll admit it. I don't, you know, 
I don't trust anything that has more than eight eyes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just no. got problems with it. They, and they're always looking at you like they're plotting on you. Yeah, they're yeah. Like they're it plotting. It looks like on it'd you. be a great meal if they could get a web around you. Yeah, that's way that you'd last a long time yeah, for. Yeah. All right, fourteen minutes after seven. Big story, uh, of course, the uh, hurricane that's going on in Florida right now. That's the national and probably even the international story right now. Lots of destruction going on down in uh, Florida in the Big Bend area. Uh, I'm looking at where I'm going to go uh, down to Panama uh, Beach uh, coming up here in two weeks. Uh, we'll leave in, two, in a week from Friday and uh, start our vacation on Saturday. And I can tell you this much. Uh, they're going to get a lot of rain in that area, but none of that wind and none of this really huge storm surge. They're looking at about three and a half foot, so... Not much. That won't even get up into the main street that runs right along the uh, the Gulf there. All right. Huge story today in the Arkansas Democrat yes, Gazette. This is gonna. This really should upset a lot of people. Yeah, the legislators have been. Uh, you know, they oversee a lot of these organizations like the Water Company and things of that nature. Arkansas lawmakers yesterday requested an investigation into Central Arkansas Water after questioning the administrators about payments the public water utility made to nonprofits and an email sent by a group of employees objecting to legislation that aimed to end affirmative action in state and local government. Did you know, as high as your water bill is, that a good portion of it is going to, uh, you know, uh, nonprofit groups like... Uh, I guess the the big one being uh, what is it the, uh, the Little Rock Chamber Chamber of Commerce yeah. getting like thirty grand thirty from grand. It. I mean that that's there's just no reason for this kind of stuff. As you read this story and this information comes out, thirty thousand dollars for the Little Rock Regional Chamber, followed by the Associated Industries of Arkansas Foundation Inc. I don't even know who that is or what they do. They get 25k, and the Women's Foundation of Arkansas, who gets fifteen thousand one hundred and twenty-five dollars, according uh, to the exhibit that they were looking at. Now, let me just say that I have nothing against any of these organizations, except to say that tax money should not be given to them. Why? Without the people knowing That's that right. it's being given to them. That's right. And th- and those are just three. Three that are listed. Uh, there, There's a lot more. In oh, yeah. You did, uh, uh, quite a few. 22 organizations. Yeah. I just gave you three of yeah. them. And if you add up what they, they got, let's see, 55 and about $70,000 there for three of them. Well, it, uh, that's right. And... They directed uh, the ARC says they directed one hundred eighteen thousand five hundred twenty-five dollars to a series of nonprofit organizations. So, and that's what we know about. That's what the article says. Basically, one hundred twenty grand. But you can bet somewhere along the line there is more money going out to these organizations. All right. So they asked them why <laughs> they're doing this. I mean, why are are you doing this? And uh, Bohannon, head of the organization, said working with nonprofits 
helps the utility connect with community members and encourage them to drink tap water rather than bottled water. That should infuriate everybody reading this, right? Don't you just love that? I mean, I guess that's protecting the environment. So, so you spend all this money with these nonprofit groups because those nonprofit groups encourage people to drink tap water instead of bottled water. Yes. Tell him David Ray's response to that because yeah, it's pretty good. A great re- yeah. yeah, great response. He questioned why the utility had relied on nonprofits rather than advertising for its outreach. Quote, wouldn't you agree that maybe using their, this money for an advertising campaign that actually delivered the specific message that you're talking about might be more effective at educating the public rather than just doling out a bunch of money to organizations and sponsorships, he said. Bohannon said, contributing to nonprofit organizations can allow the utility to send employees to send employees Employees. (laughs) to community events where they can provide a personal touch. He cited state law, which allows water utilities to expend funds with nonprofit organizations within their community. He also told lawmakers the utilities board had given him discretion, wrong thing to do, but had given him discretion to spend funds up to a certain amount. Senator Jonathan Dismang of BB said he found it inappropriate for Bohannon to have the authority to determine how to spend $118,000 of ratepayer funds on his own. Quote, I do appreciate, I guess, the awareness that you brought to several code sections that clearly need to be revisited, Dismang said. Uh, Representative Joy Springer, Democrat of Little Rock, spoke like a true Democrat yesterday. <laughs> yes, she did. And she said she was familiar with a number, number of these nonprofit organizations the utility contributed to within the last year and noted that the entities provide scholarships, educational opportunities, and economic development to central Arkansas communities. Quote, these ratepayers who are making the payments for the services that you provide their children and other persons within our community, they're benefiting from these payments that are being made by you. Now, look, I don't have a dog in this hunt, but if I still lived in the Little Rock area and found out they were just giving my money willy-nilly to other people through uh, nonprofits, I would be saying, instead of doing that, do me a favor. Cut my bill. Yeah. Cut my cut, bill. Cut my rates. Yeah, so that I don't have to pay so much. So I'll have a direct impact on my family, yep. not on families that you want to give the money to. And for all you nonprofits out there, I, I shouldn't be saying this, but for all you nonprofits out there, what this is telling you, if you're looking for money, all you got to do is call Tad Bohannon. He's CEO of Central Arkansas Water. Go over there and kiss up to him. And he may give you some money because, as the article states, it's his discretion. He can give the money to whoever he wants. So if you want to go kiss up to this guy and get a little cash. That you- might be the thing to do. He, he went on and said that Central Arkansas Water is working on a community support policy. Why? <laughs> well, yeah. 
give, give me. You're supposed to be working on a policy for everybody. That's right. Not just for a few people. That will help focus utilities outreach on economic development. Has nothing to do with water. Workforce development. Well, that might help somebody get a better job so they can pay their water bill. And education on water quality and conservation. Well, the what couple things here is one central Arkansas water system. Uh, Tad Boannon, the CEO, says he's doing all this that you know so that we can do this. We can do this. Well, it's not central Arkansas water paying for all that. It's the it's the people. It's the citizens. It's, it's the, the rate payers. Yeah, and so don't act like you're uh, Gandhi or something. Because you're doing it with my money, right? That's true. The other thing I want to point out is Central Arkansas Water has always been famous for donating bottled water to events, golf tournaments, things. They roll up with just cases of water. We've got a label on it that says Central Arkansas Water. What I'm going to find out is if that's tap water. Yeah, or that they're putting in those bottles. bottles. Or are they just bottle, you know, buying, buying bottled water? putting their label on it. Because at that point, Good there's question. at that point they're hypocrites, right? Yeah, well, it, but I'm gonna find that out. Wait, I'm gonna you're, find that out. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking some politicians and talking hypocrites. Pardon you for talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah really, right? Yes, I, I'm gonna find that out for us, though, brother Dave. I'm gonna find out if that bottled water in those Central Arkansas water bottles that they take everybody is tap water. I think the best statement from this whole story is Senator Dismang, who said he wanted to thank them for making it clear that they needed to go back into the code and clarify some things that are going on right now. Now, this is one thing, and I, I appreciate him saying that, but we're going to find out. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. We're going to talk about it more. Bruce Westerman's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, today, Congressman Hill is out. We'll be talking to him again next week. But Bruce will be with us here in just a few moments. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They're still out doing their best to catch up on all of the roofs that are being fixed because of the tornadoes. Let me give you, I heard a story today, so it's coming in. I was listening to Fox News on uh, Sirius, and they were talking about the the last uh, tornado that went through, uh, not tornado, last uh, hurricane that went through Florida. And the uh, congressman that they had on said that they had a lot of tornadic, uh, tornadic activity because of it. And they still had, after a year, because of IRA, they still had a lot of blue tarps on, on houses. Oh, yeah. So that should tell you it's going to take a while for them to catch up on what happened in the early spring here uh, in uh, central Arkansas. So if you need work done on your, uh, your home, and you don't have a, a good uh, roofing company working for you, get a hold of PI Roofing, find out where you'll be on the list, and let them take care of you. All you got to do is call them, 501-707-3115. That's uh, 501-707-3115. Please tell them I told you to call or visit them online at PI Roofing. Dot com. All right, Jimmy, we've got about four minutes till we get to the bottom of the hour and, and get to uh, Bill O'Reilly and then a break and then get ready for Congressman Westerman. Another story that's in the Dem Gas today. 
The Little Rock Board of Directors is expected to convene during a special called meeting on Friday morning to consider whether to call a November referendum on a proposed sales tax increase that, according to Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott, during an agenda-setting meeting of the city board on Tuesday, Scott asked city board members to hold the slot around 8.30 a.m. Friday on their calendar. They can attend virtually, Scott said, noting that the only people required to be there in person at the center at University Park are himself and the city attorney, Tom Carpenter. If they wish to trigger a November 14th citywide tax uh, vote, uh, city board members must vote to call the election, and then the election ordinance must be filed with Pulaski County officials no later than the close of business on September 5th next week. I think that's Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, After that time, if they don't have this vote in November, the next available dates for a Little Rock tax election are, as the law states at that time, it will have have gone into effect that David Ray got passed, that the election will have to be on primary day, Mm Or on Election Day, so March or November of 2024, the mayor has said, well, look, holding the citywide vote this November would be more favorable compared to the other options because it would be a spe- – now, this is my words. Mm-hmm. It would be a special election, and we could turn out our people better than they could turn out – their, their people, people against yeah. it. Now, Mayor, be honest and tell people that. Yeah. Stand in front of the TV cameras and say, say well, I want to be honest with you. If we do it in November of this year, we have a better chance of passing it because I, I got all these sheeple that are following yeah. me that will vote exactly as I tell them to. Yeah. And, uh, just say it, though, right? Yeah. Get out and it, admit it. Admit why you're doing it. Admit that you don't want to do it when people are going to turn out in droves at the at the primary or at the general election, and most of them say, "You want to raise my taxes?" Not only no, but hell no. Well, his last initiative got crushed. Crushed. It's, it's going to get crushed again. You and Congressman Bruce Westerman joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Congressman, how are you today? Doing well, Dave. Great to be uh, back in the great state of Arkansas and and being with you uh, a lot closer than we were last week when I was visiting with you. So were you able to have any uh, coconut crab or were you able to chew any betel nut while you were over on Guam? Now, I uh, I saw a lot of betel nut, and I saw the effects of betel nut on people's teeth, and I was shocked that I didn't, didn't want to chew any betel nut. Um, I asked about the coconut crab, and I don't know if it wasn't in season or what. The, the closest I got to coconut crab, we were on uh, uh, Quasarlene, which is a U.S. base. It's where the Ronald Reagan um, missile defense system is, is headquartered, uh-huh. and... Uh, I saw coconut crabs walking around, but uh, we never did consume any coconut crab, to my knowledge. But I ate a lot of stuff on the trip that uh, 
not sure exactly what it was, but generally it was very tasty. <laughs> yeah, did you did you ask him if you could have an extra serving of fanihi? Uh, no, I uh, <laughs> I got warned about I got warned about that from several people about don't eat the bat soup. <laughs> bat soup. Stay away from that. That's just too to my good. knowledge, I didn't have any of that. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't taste all that bad, but I'm tastes just, like chicken. I mean, here's the key: it's like anything else that is, you know, exotic that you might eat in another part of the world. You're eating something, and it's mm, this is really good. What am I eating? Oh, that's goat, that's uh, goat eye soup or something. Yeah, you well, know, uh, that uh, change yeah. your whole thought process. Uh, uh, a peacock's yeah. exotic. Yeah, eating a bat's not exotic. Well, well it is over there. It's all in all in the presentation. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. the presentation. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, what did you find out while you were on Guam that it would be of interest to our listeners? Well, we had a field hearing on Guam that I think was, was very enlightening, and we, uh, as, as part of our witnesses, we had representatives from the three, we call them the, the COFA states, that's Compact and Free Association, so it's, it's Palau, it's Micronesia, and it's the Marshall Islands, and we actually left Guam and went to all three of those countries. Oh, cool. Which... Yeah, so it's um, they're the they're the three um, freely associated states that we have compacts with, and a lot of people probably aren't even aware of these compacts. But it allows citizens from there to come to the U.S. to work. It allows uh, them to serve in our military. So there's a high ratio of veterans per population from Palau, Micronesia, and Marshall Islands, uh, and. You'll be surprised, but the veterans over there face issues, uh, probably much greater issues from getting veteran services that our veterans here at home uh, even face. Uh, but this is uh, this is the second and third island chain out from the, the China Sea. There's a lot of, a lot of jockeying and strategic things happening, um, mainly, you know, in that area. So these uh, COFA agreements are very important uh, to the U.S. and to our strategic position uh, there in that part of the world. And to put it in perspective, uh, you know, these island chains, and having been down there, Dave, I'm sure you get this, but they're, it's massive. It's, uh, you know, I think it was an eight-hour flight from um, well, no, it wasn't. It was like an eight-hour flight from of the Marshall Islands, but these, um, you put these out to Marshall, and it's much longer continental the United States. Uh, they, they call it the Blue Continent because it's just vast amounts of ocean, and then you get these tiny island chains in there. Um, and it was like, you know, walking through a history book of World War II. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, Saipan and everything over there, it's amazing. Uh, you get out onto the farthest point of that, of course, that's Iwo Jima out there, and uh, it's amazing to be able to see. I, I've been on Iwo Jima. I, I wanted to go there while I was uh, uh, on Guam. I took a, pu- a puddle jumper and, and flew over there and was just amazed. You know, when you get in that area, I always thought the European theater was a tough place to fight, you get into the boonies over there, that's a tough place to fight. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, we were at, uh, uh, we went to Palalu, which is an island yep. in Palau. Uh, the, you know, it's in history is reported as the most bitter war for Marines, uh, or uh, the most bitter battle the Marines had in World War II. And I, you talk about Iwo Jima and some of the other places, Saipan, there were some very bitter battles. But, um, you know, to actually be there on Orange Beach, where the Marines came ashore, and you can still see where the uh, the Japanese uh, cross gunners were located, uh, and it was a a lot of casualties there. But to put it in perspective, there were eight Medal of Honor winners in one battle there on the Hallelujah. It uh, it's an, it really is an incredible history lesson for people if they ever get to see that, and you'll have a lot of respect for the men and women who fought on on those islands, that, that island hopping campaign, because it was island, island. The Japanese had two to three years to dig in. And, I mean, they dug in. They they were going to fight to the last man, to the bitter, bitter end. When I got to Guam, uh, it, it happened uh, just a few months after I was there that they found that uh, uh, Japanese World War II survivor who was living off of dumpster diving on the island. Yeah, yeah, and we we talked about that on the trip, and also there on on Palalu, there were um, forty Japanese soldiers that it was that the Americans had been there for a couple of years before they finally came out of the the cave. And you know, you see the old movies and the pictures, and Palalu looks like a desert because we had bombed it. Yeah, so much. there was wasn't an ounce of vegetation left on the island, but now it's uh, like a lush tropical jungle. Uh, but they say it's, and I mean this is very remote. The, the uh, um, it's one of the most undisturbed battlefields in the world because it is so remote. Um, and you know, my committee has a lot of jurisdiction over a lot of things, including the national parks and the national battlefield, and. It's really a shame the the amount of American sacrifice that was there, and there's just a little small monument that's got the yeah. the names of the eight eight Medal of Honor winners on it. The uh, you know the, as you're talking about the Marines going from island to island, they came in and, and cleared the island, and the Army came in behind them, and the Army built a little monument down on Orange Beach. But other than that, there's there's hardly anything there. Uh, to even commemorate the sacrifice that, that took place on that island. Well, and it's like you, it's like very, you said; it's so remote; it's hard to get to. Yeah, we uh, it, it was uh, I'd say close to a one-hour boat ride um, from where we were there in in Palau to get out to the island, and, and you know, absolutely beautiful place. Yeah, um, and yeah, I knew some some of those old guys when I was a kid growing up that were World War II veterans. I knew some of them that were Marines that fought down there. And it just, you know, put a lump in my throat seeing what all they had to, had to go through. And I'd always respected them and, um, you know, thought the world of, of what they did. But to go there and see how remote that yeah. was and, and uh, the sacrifices that they made out there, it's uh, really meaningful. The... I often think and try to imagine, and I can't imagine, I can't even fathom the courage 
it took for men to run into a funnel of crossfire, knowing it's there and the courage to do that. And I think the big point is, is we talk about Guam, we talk about these little islands and how remote they are, but my goodness, you know, they are just so important to his, the, the history and they're so important to our continued history as a is a is a country. Those are just pivotal places. Those remote places. Well, let, I'll yeah, let on that um, on the on the plaque that's there to commemorate the American victory, it uh, it's got a quote. It says, "15 uh, September 1944, in every clime and place, and never lost our nerve." Yeah, uh, that's the and, key. Yeah. You, you coming across that open beach with, with just big guns cross crossfire, and those guys just kept going, yeah. kept crossing that beach and and taking that that island. But there's there's stories like that over and over with the, the sacrifices of our servicemen, and uh, you know there's a threat down there. It was the Imperial Chinese uh, government back in the 40s, but now it's the um, it's the Chinese Communist Party that's doing some of the mm-hmm. same things the Japanese were doing down there before. So, um, you know, we all always think, what would our lawmakers have, what could they have done 10 years before World War II to maybe make a difference? And uh, we need to be thinking that way as well down there now. What could we do to, to avoid something like mm-hmm. what happened uh, down there in World War II? Hey, Congressman, one last question about Guam before I take a break here. Did you get to go up to Nimitz Hill and sit where the Admiral sat, sat during World War II? Well, I don't, did, did somebody cue you in on that day? Because we actually, uh, I had a meeting with the Navy up there. Uh-huh. And there's a, there's a, you know, a huge conference table. Yeah. And it's, it's the, not only was it the exact table where, uh, where Nimitz and, and others sat, even LBJ had a meeting at that table, and uh, with me being the chairman of the committee, I got to sit in the same chair at the same space that LBJ and Nimitz had had sat in those meetings. So that was really special as well. Yeah, to be up there. Historically, it give you give you. I've got goosebumps right now. I'm remembering. I was able to get up there and sit in Nimitz's chair that he had on top of of Nimitz Hill. And he could sit there, and he could look out over the Pacific and the South China Sea from up there. He just panoramic view of of the field right. of battle, basically. And you know, um, we we think about the uh, on D Day and the cliffs of Normandy, but uh, you know there were people that did the same thing, scaling cliffs there in Guam. Yep. Um, and uh, again, just a it really puts in perspective the the sacrifice and the commitment and, and how those folks really were, uh, you know, a great generation, the greatest generation that uh, that fought that war. And I think the ones that came home felt so indebted uh, to their brothers that didn't make it home that they were going to come back and, and live life to its fullest. And, you know, they did some great things when they got back uh, from agree. the war. All right. All right. Back with you. Let's finish up with Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman from District 4. He joins us each uh, Wednesday 
It's that time right now because thank God it's Wednesday. I like I like Wednesday being thank God too because that tells me Friday is not that far yeah. off now. So, Congressman, what's on the agenda now? You're back uh, from over on Guam. You're back from the Marianas Islands. Uh, what's facing you now? Uh, meetings, things of that nature, and if there's meetings, what are they over? Yeah, well, you know, Dave, I got back to D.C. yesterday uh, morning and back home to Arkansas last night, but uh, back up and out on this morning, and I, I took that beautiful drive from Hot Springs up to, to Russellville on Highway 7, and I thought, you know, there's some beautiful places in the world, but there's no place like, like home. And uh, we've got, uh, when we get back to D.C., we're going to have a lot of uh, hearings uh, regarding these COFAs and, and other things as well. And you know, part of the, well, one of the big things out there is these island nations, fishing is extremely important to them. And one thing the Chinese are doing is they're, uh, they're overfishing the waters. They're coming in to, the, um, you know, out of the international waters into these waters of the island nations and just raping the fisheries uh and that's one thing that our uh, armed forces are doing they're giving support to the uh the governments out there and it's uh you know these folks mean business we we saw a video where they caught these uh there were four boats that were illegally fishing and and this was palau and their waters and uh, they they captured the four boats took all the gear and the people and put it on one boat and burned the other three on the water and, you know, made a video to put it out there so that uh, these illegal fishermen would know, you know, don't come in our waters. So this is what, uh, what you're going to get. But it, this is all being pushed by the Chinese who, again, um, you know, they don't care about the environment. They don't care about um, taking care of the resources that we have. It's just all about, uh, them being dominant. Uh, also, on the way home, we stopped in Hawaii and visited the the fire damage in Maui. Mm. Um, I had talked to the speaker and said I had a big bipartisan delegation with me, and we thought it would be good, and it was for us to uh, to to go over. The Coast Guard took us from Honolulu to uh, to Maui. And we got to fly over and see the damage from the air and then get out and walk around on the ground. And it's just, you talk about devastation. That, that was some other kind of fire. It melted the, melted the glass out of vehicles. If there was aluminum or magnesium on a, on a car, there were just puddles of it in the street. Wow. You know, but it, it takes around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit to melt glass. So that's, that's hotter than you have, from my understanding, in a crematory. So when they say there's 288 missing people still, um, they, they may or may not even be able to uh, identify folks that they were. That yeah, FEMA they may be there, just ash there. now. Yeah. yeah, and FEMA was there with their search and rescue uh, teams and recovery teams, and they had, you know, I think 70 or 80 dogs out there brought in from all over the country. And, you know, they would have... Uh, dogs double hit on the spot and the anthropologists would go in and and couldn't find any kind of human remains but they believe that it was probably ashes of, of human remains so they're they're cataloging all of that and there's there's another place in Hawaii that we visited that uh, identifies 
uh, POWs and, and MIAs and remains right. of, and uh, just an unbelievable laboratory there. And uh, they they have means where they can identify human remains even beyond DNA, which gets destroyed in a in a fire like that. So you know, a lot of effort still taking place out there, and a lot of a lot of suffering for folks. And you know, it's being reported in the news as a wildfire, but this was to me it was something more like you think of the San Francisco fire, the Chicago fire. This was a a structure fire that there was a small, small grass fire that got these structures on fire, and then with the 80-mile-an-hour uh, the winds coming off the, the hurricane that didn't actually hit the island, it was just creating those winds and dry conditions. And I, I don't know if there's any way you could have put that fire out. Uh, right. It's an extremely unfortunate situation. Congressman, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Keep on working. All we right, appreciate Dave. you. Thank you very much. We're out and about. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Woo-hoo! It's hump day. you got to like that. I'm glad that we're at hump day. We keep the people of Florida in our prayers there in the Big Bend area that uh, things are going to come out all right for them, that uh, they'll get the protection of the Lord and, uh, and you know, they're not going to lose. I mean, look, they're going to have to do a lot of work after this. They said that this hurricane will change the whole topography of that area. Yeah. Shows you, for all of you who are so much worried about climate change, that shows you what Mother Nature can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right? We can't do nothing compared to what Mother Nature can do. The force force of water is just undeniable. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. Well, I'll tell you what else is is amazing. Is the force (laughs) of big government. And how they can spend money when they've got it. Uh, Your money. Yeah, yeah, the people who are listening to us right now. A legislative panel yesterday signed off on a proposed Bureau of Legislative Research contract with Kinko Construction of Little Rock for the construction of an underground, and in quotes, secured walkway, unquote. That means you're not going to use this. Uh, between the state capitol building and uh, Big Mac building, the multi-agency complex immediately west of the state capitol. The contract with Kinko constru- uh, Contractors, or Constructors, I guess, is for $3.87 million, according to the Bureau Director Marty Garrity. Murray Contractors of Little Rock and Kinko submitted bids in response to a request for proposals in a voice vote with state representative lane gene can thank and i want to thank him personally on the air today he voted against this all right republican from magnolia dissented the legislative council's policy making subcommittee on tuesday approved the bureau's proposed contract with kinko uh, constructors the contract describes the secured walkway project as connecting the state capitol basement to the multi-agency complex, which is known as Big Mac uh, in the state capitol circles, via an underground tunnel with stairs and elevators at both ends. Legislative Council co-chairman Representative Jeff Wardlaw uh, from Hermitage, told lawmakers on Tuesday 
the uh, underground project will be done in uh, connection with the Secretary of State's air conditioning room project for the north end of the state capitol. The date of completion will be prior to January of 2025, Wardlaw said. By the time we go into the regular session in 2025, all construction will be done. Gene said, I just do not believe that this is a proper expenditure of public money, and I'll be voting no. Afterward, he explained what, why he voted against. Quote, I don't think we need to build a tunnel. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> I love that. That's good. I don't think we need to build the we we could have put the HVAC stuff in the ground for the north end of the state capitol for a lot less money, mm-hmm. he said. After the uh, after they do this, uh, uh, the subcommittee meeting, Wardlaw said that if we're going to dig the hole in the roadway between the state capitol and multi-agency complex for air conditioning equipment for the north end of the state capitol, I am going to agree with House Speaker Matthew Shepard of El, Dora, uh, El Dorado here. Uh, it makes perfect sense to lay in the secure walkway at the same time. The hole is dug, and that's what we're doing. And we have to fix the air conditioners on the north end of the state capitol. Wardlaw said security concerns and ease, I'm going to say security concerns, little bit ease big big reason all right ease for legislative staff to go between the state capitol and multi-agency complex were the impetus behind the underground project look nobody doesn't matter what job you got doesn't matter where you work at if you got to go from one building to another building and it's pouring down rain that you want to run out there and get all wet so for the ease of that, you can just walk from the Capitol to the Big Mac building to the big meeting that you're going to, and you don't get wet. Hey, for four million dollars. Yeah, well, and, well, it's not. It's, and for whoosies, it's free money. Because if I'm over at State Capitol, and I've got to walk from the no, big no, Mac you get building, to walk out in the weather. I get to walk out in the rain, so That's it's not right. ease for me. And I'm going to just say to you that, uh, what do you think? You made out of sugar? You're going to melt? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I just could not disagree with this appropriation any more than I can. I mean, security concerns. What security concerns? You know, it's easy to say something, but we haven't got a clear definition of why this is necessary, which tells me it's not necessary. It's... Blue Cross and Blue Shield would call this a comfort and convenience item and would not pay for it. Uh, so security concerns, what security concerns? And these security concerns have been around forever, if that's the case, so why hadn't, why hadn't we addressed them till now? The ease, the word you use, ease, that's the thing. That's now, the thing. Now understand that there's already a tunnel. Yeah. There's a utility tunnel that runs between the buildings. Uh, but it's musty, narrow, has pipes running through it, and it's not a pedestrian tunnel, according to the Secretary of State's office. Well, this will only be used for special pedestrians. Yeah, I love what you're elected that's officials. Point. Great point, because when you say that it's not feasible as a pedestrian tunnel, so this one is, well, this isn't for pedestrians. 
Well, it is, but you've got to be a special pedestrian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like Animal House. Yeah. Some some animals are more important than other animals. Yeah. This this reminds me of the when when. President Obama at that news conference that he had with some foreign head of state, and they were outside, and it started raining, and he looks over and he said, can we get a couple of Marines up here with umbrellas to hold over him and the other foreign head of state? Everybody else got wet. Well, everybody was trying to put, you know, the governor on the spot and say, well, what do you think about them doing this? <laughs> and, and, you know, Alexa Henning, uh, the comms director over there, I gave a great answer. I loved what she said. She said uh, that uh, in a written statement, the governor said is uh, that uh, the General Assembly, quote, is an independent branch of government, mm-hmm. which they are. And if legislators feel this is a needed upgrade to our capital that uses taxpayer dollars responsible, uh, responsibly, then they have the ability to move these improvements forward. So... Hey, if you guys think you need it, you're the ones who got to answer for it when you go in front of your voters again. More power to you. That's that's a nice way of the governor saying, "Hey, talk to them." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, They're the one. She can. She's not making and, the and, decision. And, and that's a good statement because she's not. This has nothing to do with the governor. This has to do with the legislators. And you know, we're going to have to say it. These these folks are Republicans. That are spending this money. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. Okay. Anyway, Matt Pitch, uh, governmental affairs director for the uh, Secretary of State, told lawmakers the uh, Secretary of State's office uh, um, completed the installation of the equipment for a new air handling system in 2002 for the south half of the state capitol after one of his predecessors in 1999 described the air conditioning system as wholly inadequate, costing a a lot to maintain and failing to provide heating and cooling at an adequate level before state lawmakers agreed to fix it. But he said the installation of the air handling system equipment for the north half of the state capitol planned for 2005, well, it never got done. So here we are on in 2024, basically, and they're, they're finally getting around to it. Shepard pointed out Friday the State House of Representatives also has given up office space. <gasps> really? <laughs> you, you had to give up office space? Uh, in the State Capitol building to give the State Capitol Police more space. Well, if we've got to do that, you're going to have to get more space for it. Yeah. La-di-da, the special people talking about all of this. And uh, meanwhile, Powell said work started August 14th on a a 50-space parking lot on the northwest corner of the state capitol grounds, and it's expected to be completed during the week of September 25th. Parking has always been an issue at the capitol. Yes, that is absolutely correct. No doubt about it. And uh, additional reserve spots at this new location will allow for more public parking for visitors closer to the Capitol. The Secretary of State is paying for the cost of the parking lot project that is estimated at 100 k It's important to note that per state law, this project is being done jointly with the Arkansas Department of Transportation. He said the Secretary of State provides the material and the Department of Transportation provides the labor and equipment. 
I got a few things there. First on the parking. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm with uh, uh, State Senator uh, Allen. Uh, not Allen, but... Uh, Allen Clark. Uh, Allen Clark, yeah. thank you. State uh, Senator Allen Clark. I think they need to build a parking garage somewhere there. A deck. Yeah, a deck. Yeah. You know, so that... If you go down to the state capitol, there's a place for you to park during the session. Yeah. Because if you go do it in the session and you're just a, a little old piddling taxpayer, yeah. you're going to park a I couple of blocks away. I, I was over there the last session, I don't know how many times, and I was walking three, four blocks away. And But when you tell me that you're going to... When you tell me that you're going to do a new parking spot for 50 spaces, reserved parking, and and you back it and you try to justify it by saying because if we do that, we're going to open up closer parking for the public. Don't tell me that. Just tell me you're building a parking lot for privileged people because it's reserved for those folks. So don't tell me it's good. the reason you're doing it is it's going to make it more easier for public parking you're building a parking lot for 50 50 privileged people people just say that all right hey get around jim is with us right now what's up hey brother how you doing today i'm doing good aren't you glad that we're building a tunnel for the legislators uh, i'm thrilled to death i'm gonna turn my truck into a shuttle <laughs> They better make me a turnaround so I can turn this thing around and give you about 40 acres. Yeah, I got it. I just, I'm just telling you, it is amazing to me when they have money, and they have money right now. Our money. Yes. they. It's you amazing know, what they figure out to spend it on. You know what they're doing, don't you? They're copying that White House up there. They're building up there the tunnel that they put in underground up there. And the tram that they put in there with it, and I remember Patrick Leahy refused to ride the tram because he was totally dead set against the the, the the tram thing that runs across the bottom of the thing in the basement. There, he said it's a ten minute walk, a five minute ride. He said I need the exercise. Yeah. But he was he was dead set against them putting that tram in there, and they put it there anyway. He it wasn't he wasn't Leahy a Democrat? Yep, he was a Democrat. But he, he, he was just totally against it. Well, uh, I may be a Republican, but I'm a Democrat against this thing in Little Rock. Okay. You know, and unless they fit it for my truck. I, I, I want special parking privileges for my truck <laughs> and that new parking. We're going to put, okay. put the label on it. His parking spot says, get, get around Jim. Yeah, get around Jim. There you go. Reserved. <laughs> Reserved. All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you. It's hump day, and it's the Dave Ellswick Show with you right now. We're just uh, past 9 o'clock. Uh, it looks like the hurricane is down to Category 2 now. It's up in uh, Florida. It's making its way across that small area that's not very, uh, you know, wide and into Georgia. Uh George is going to get a little bit of that Category 2. A lot of rain going to, going to be falling during that, uh, that time. And then make its way into uh, South Carolina. 
across the state and then back out into the Atlantic. And they hope that it will be torn apart enough because of its moving across the land that it can't reconstitute itself, bring itself back together and turn into a hurricane again and start strengthening yeah. out in the Atlantic and decide where do I want to go next Yeah, type of thing. So they'll be watching on that. Well, we're still hoping and praying and it, it sounds like it's not going to be as bad as it what was, but it's well, still so going to be far, bad. So, you know, it's going to be bad, but they they didn't get the sixteen foot surge right. that they thought they were going to get. And and see, this is why you got to get better on your forecasting. Not saying that they're terribly bad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pretty close on where this hurricane was going to hit all the way from Sunday uh, till today to give people plenty of time to get ready. But, uh, you know, Mother Nature is just unpredictable. And uh, you want to let people know here's what could happen. But if you keep pushing like could is going to be it will happen, and then it doesn't, yeah. people don't listen to you. It's like the kid that cried, calls wolf. Yeah, cried wolf. That's right. And uh, the the thing is, is, thankfully, it's not going to be 16 foot. But the, well, still, too, no kid. they're going to be... Hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are going to have a foot, two foot of water in their home or business, and that's still devastating. Yeah, I mean, we were just watching some of the coverage on Fox uh, about it, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, they went into a auto shop, mm-hmm. and he had put his cars up on the lifts so that they wouldn't be in any of the water, and he gotten all of his uh, high end electronic equipment and things up. And off the floor, and about uh, you know a foot and a half, two foot off the floor, and uh, he had he had about looked to be about a foot of water inside. Right. But when you got to the one side of his of his uh, facility, the water had already drained out. Yeah. It was already draining back. The water was going back to where it come from, and so so we hope it's receding at a good rate. Yeah quickly it can do that i mean it can move in quick it can recede quick uh once the wind is not pushing the water forward then it makes its way back yeah. goes the path of least resistance it's the way it always yep. works yeah you uh, yeah we're just you know everybody's hoping and praying that the that they come out all yeah. right yeah let me tell you what when you start getting 12 inches of rain in an hour and you're up in the mountains of south carolina that's a problem that is a problem it really <laughs> is it's a problem yeah, so no doubt uh, about it. it's not over by a long shot there's going to be still a lot of a lot of things that are going to be destroyed and a lot of things that are going to the the whole coastline of florida in that area has been altered now mm-hmm. they were talking about that uh early this morning as i was driving into work i was listening to the coverage and scientists were talking about that uh, I'm heading to Florida here next you week. You sure are. I can't wait going down there for my vacation. We do that uh, each year. It's been two weeks down there, and uh, looking forward to it. No, I don't go. I don't go to Destin. I don't go to the Redneck Riviera there. I uh, I go down the the beach of ways, and I go to Panama City Beach. Yeah. And it's the perfect time because, you know, for the most part, college students. The, the, the families with the kids and all of that, they're gone. Yeah, you hope all the idiots are gone. Yeah, most well, most of them are. Yeah. Most of the partiers, the the real you know people that are raising he double hockey sticks, yeah, have uh, vacated the area right. and 
it uh, by 10 o'clock everybody's going to bed yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and catching some z's because we're, we're down there to rest and the place that i stay at uh, uh the osprey uh, is a great place i mean i walk uh, down the stairs i stay on the top floor i go down the stairs and from where i put my foot down at the last stair to about 20 yards i'm in white sand oh man so i love it there. how you gonna beat that uh, i like it and then, then the temperature looks like uh, i can look out now and see a couple of weeks out it looks like it's going to be low 90s during the day and uh uh, in the uh, mid to upper 70s at night. So probably nice perfect little, weather. Nice little breeze on the beach. Yeah, oh, yeah. Coming off yeah. the golf, yeah. Great. Get you a little drink with an umbrella hanging out of yeah, it. Yeah, get back. And yeah. I don't go in the water, so I don't worry about jellyfish. Yeah. I don't worry about sharks unless it happens to be a land shark. Uh, I just, I just yeah. don't, I don't <laughs> worry about that stuff. So anyway, I'm looking forward to going down and enjoying it. And, and then everybody can listen to the message. Uh, that's the station I listen to when I'm sitting out on the beach uh, from Sirius yeah. XM. So they get to hear all the Christian contemporary music that they probably have ever heard in their lifetime well, in a that. week. Yeah. yeah, so they get that. Anyway, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to doing. All right, I want to, you to bring us up to date now. So now I'm going to talk about we're going to shift gears now and go to a different subject. It's an important subject. For some of you who just listened to and you got really, you know, irritated uh, with stories that we gave you about, you know, they're putting in a tunnel between the Big Mac building and the Capitol building because you don't want uh, politicians getting uh, getting wet or getting hot or getting cold uh, as they walk between those buildings, or you don't want their lives to be at risk from whom and how, I'm not sure. Still don't know. But this is uh, what they're talking about. And uh, they're going to spend money on that, then traffic cameras out on the road and things of that nature. That uh, Now I'm going to talk about something again where I said those stories resonate with people. This story may not, but it should because transparency in government is absolutely crucial for you to know what's going on in your government. You listening to the show today? I bet a lot of you wouldn't even know they were going to be digging a, a tunnel. That's right. That's right. You know, over there. And it, and it's a big story in the paper, even. And, uh, and the thing on transparency is, without it, you don't know what they're doing and what they're getting away with. That's right. And they're, and as <laughs> I listen to the things that they're trying to, to look at changing, that they, they were beaten back uh, during the session— things that they were trying to change is to make things less transparent or easier to make it less transparent. These two subjects that we're going to talk about, we wouldn't know about without FOIA. Okay. If, 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 those bill, if uh, David Ray's bill, uh, House Bill 1726 would have been put into law. And passed. I, I couldn't get this information. And so, basically, and we've talked about we've talked about the Cabot School District superintendents' pay. I've done the big studies on it, and this is what started that study back in the spring of, I guess, twenty twenty two. I was getting onto some stuff in, in the in the Cabot School District when I noticed the superintendent's contract and some. Uh, some things on there that didn't say right because they said on their website in this contract that he's making two hundred forty four thousand dollars a year. 
which is a lot of money. Well, but so, it wasn't entirely accurate. No. <laughs> and so I started digging in and getting the records, the payroll records, and come to find out that year he didn't make 244000 For the 2021-2022 school year, he made 286000 What? Yeah. And so, so as a result of that, I dug in and I ended up filing a lawsuit. And this is what this is what I'm going to talk about. In February of 2022, one of the reasons I found out about that extra money is because through payroll records. So through payroll, then I was able to dig in and FOIA other documents to support those payments in payroll. Well, the documents I got were very revealing and it was and it showed that the school board had broken the law and how they did this so in a school board meeting in february 15th of 2022 the document i got and it showed for several years back they'd done this several years in a row but i'm focused on this one because when the statute of limitations from the criminal charges on it are only 12 months. And so I focused on this one, but this is a pattern they've been doing for some time. That meeting, they passed a resolution, the board did, uh, that to adjust the salary of Tony Thurman to increase it quite a bit, uh, then to add a 3% increase to the base compensation. Uh, and they said this new contract would go into effect July 1st, 2022. Uh, uh, they added monthly vehicle allowances of $1,000, maximum $6,000 reimbursement for basic vehicle expenses, uh, 20 days of vacation, which is another way to turn it into cash. That's just a way to pay people more. Uh, maximum fixing, uh, fixed unused days paid uh, that year. They said, now, therefore, be it resolved by the school board of the Cabot School District of Lone Oak County, Arkansas, that the board approves to increase Dr. Tony Thurman's salary, and it was passed this 15th day of February 2022, signed by Joe Trustee, the board president, and the board secretary. Keyword is passed this, this 15th day of February 2022. So I dug in. I started looking at the board minutes the board meeting minutes there was no there was no record of a vote on this resolution there was the resolution wasn't even part of the agenda or part of the minutes so somebody shouldn't have been getting extra money right and so then i took a step further and all the meetings have to be recorded and so when they go into executive cabinet at the end of their board meetings go into executive sketch executive session to discuss what you can in there which this would be something you could discuss but you have to come out and vote on it in public they have no record they have no video recording of that or no recording of them coming out in executive session and voting on this so it wasn't in the minutes there's no rec- record of a vote in the minutes there's no recording of the vote which is a violation of open meeting laws so basically what they did was it illegal? Yeah. They did this. They have to do this in public. They didn't do it. They voted on it in executive session, not in public, and they passed it. 
and the public never knew about it. Yeah, see, here's the key. If they don't have to do it, like go into special session and come back out and vote on it uh, while the cameras are on, yep. then you don't know what they really voted on at all. They just spent your money. Without you having any indication at all how much it was yep. and when it starts and when it ends and just put it all together. Exactly. So at that point, what I did is I went in and I asked the school board, the president, Joe Trustee, and I did a big email chain, put the superintendent, Tony Thurman, on it, all the school board members. I said, look, this is what I've discovered. This is what y'all have done for the past years, and you did it this year the same. You did all of this, and you violated the law when you do it. I basically said, you can pay the superintendent whatever you want. The board yeah, has that you, authority. Any amount you want, as long as you do it in public. That's right. If, as long as you vote and present it and vote on it in public. So I said, hey, if you'll at the next board meeting present this re- resolution in public and vote on it in public, then that'll fix it. Well, they, did, they didn't do it. So I told them I would take a legal action if they didn't. So this is where I get really blessed in that I have uh, really good resources. So Joey McCutcheon and uh, Chip Sexton, uh, Joey, one of the two top FOIA attorneys in the state, the other one being Robert Steinbuck, uh, Joey McCutcheon and Chip Sexton took this on, and we filed a suit. So we did that back in October 2022, and the – the update is we just had a hearing this week. Just Monday. had a hearing this week. <laughs> right. And the the attorneys for Cabot School District, Beckett, Billingsley, and Keys, who we've talked about on the show quite a bit, they represent the majority of school districts in the state, they filed a motion to dismiss. So that motion was heard on Monday in front of Judge Elmore in Lono County uh, Circuit Court. Uh, the argument, Cody Keys, the uh, uh, Beckett Bingsley Keys got up there and and they admitted that they didn't follow the laws on recording. Ooh. But they said they've since rectified it. So basically, I said no harm, no foul. You Not know. true. Well, we had, you know that's a you know where I come from. We call that shutting the gate after the cows are out. Yeah. Okay. And it's true. And uh, so he's saying, hey, judge, no harm, no foul. You know, we're doing it now. We're doing it now, so forgive us for not doing it before. Well, you broke the law. Okay, I'll ask you a question when we come back. Sure. you got to get a break in. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Need wedding bands? Need an engagement ring? Remember, get all the information from the other jewelers that you're going to about the rings that you're looking at, and you go, I'd like to really get this one for that special somebody. Get all the information and uh, the cost and take it to Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and let him save you 10, 20, 30% off of the cost because that's what he does. Because he charges less. He saves you money. He's located at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Look, you could call him and give him the information. Call him, 501 246 3655. Ask to talk to Eric if he doesn't answer the phone. He normally does. And uh, ask him, hey, here's the ring that I'm, I'm thinking about buying. Here's how much it costs. Here's what it is. Give him all the ifs, ands, and buts about it. 
and he'll tell you, well, yeah, that uh, is the price they're going to charge, but here's what I'll charge. And you can get it done with him and save yourself a lot of money. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh, right here in Little Rock. Sweet E, open Monday through Saturday, 10. When the smoking light was on, you always said, smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. All right, because when the light, when the lamp goes off, you can't smoke anymore. Well, I'm just telling you, enjoy the cooler weather now because by the end of the, uh, the of this week, it's going to get hot again. Yep. Yeah. Just so you yeah. know, it's August and beginning of September in Arkansas. In Arkansas now. And uh, dove, dove season's about to start, and there's a many time I've been out uh, hunting dove when it's 100 degrees. As much as I like eating dove. You got to just kill so many of the little suckers that I feel bad about. Yeah, it. and they're real funny about how many you kill too. They they limit you on it. And you're going, how can I eat if you're not going to let me kill? Me if all I'm going to eat is the breast meat, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm telling you, they're serious about that. It's limit. like it's like killing quail. You know, yeah. same thing. You got got to cook up a bunch of quail to have them heal. That's right. That's right. And uh, but it's good eating. It is. It is. It is. It is good eating, and dove hunting was a lot of fun. But yeah, there'll be there'll be people out dove hunting uh, opening days just a few days away, and there'll be people out dove hunting in this heat. It's just and the reason they do it is simple. I can tell you, the adrenaline rush. Yeah. There is an adrenaline rush you get if you're with somebody has good has a good dog that yep. can get down there and, and wrestle wrestle them up. That uh, when they come flying up out of the cover right in front of you like that. Get your get and, you going, uh, and they're they're evasive. Yeah, they're they very evasive, and so but that's you know. why it's good to have more than a pump. You like to have a, I, a I semi-automatic. That's true, but I used a pump, and I could get triples. I could I, there are many. I've got so many triples with a pump, and I would get doubles all the time, but triples, and that's with a pump where I knock down three. Yeah, and of course you only get three shots. You, you're limited to you got to put a plug in your gun. But I always used a pump, and everybody said, "Get it now." I said, "No, man, it's just cooler." You know, you guys are using those semis, and I'm dropping them with pump. Yeah, well, I'm set up now. I've I've got my 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 pump 12 gauge, and then I have my semi uh, 12 gauge. So I'm I'm all ready. Yeah, you're ready to go. Yeah, and uh, you're ready to go. Leave so. my house alone. There you go. <laughs> there I, you go. I, I'll be honest. I haven't been dove season uh, hunting, nor have I been quail hunting. I don't know where you can go quail hunting anymore. Uh, that we you're, can you're find in, that many of them. You're intruder hunting. You yeah. just got to have an intruder. That's exactly right. <laughs> so. You start bothering me, then the hunt is on. Yeah. All right. So, so what, yeah. what else we got here? As so, far as so we foil. come back in in. Chip Sexton gets up and he tells the judge, hey, that's ridiculous. You know, we've got the document that says they passed it on that day, so there was a vote. He wasn't up there three minutes, sits down. Usually when when there's some motions made in the defense of it, a judge will sit back and look document, at it, read you know, it. Think about it for a few minutes and then make a decision. Chip no more than sat down in the seat and Judge Elmore said, no. Moving forward. We're going forward you know, you dismiss, your motion dismissed at nine. We're going. We're going to set a trial date. Okay. So when's the trial date? Hadn't got that yet, but it's but it's coming. It's coming, and, and it'll come quicker now. This has just been what, a slow what's process. What's so hard about setting the trial date? I don't know. I mean, what does Robert always tell us? The the legal system grinds slow, slow but, but fine. But fine, right? And so it is. It's a very slow process. So the bottom line is, we're going to get to trial, and we're going to win. 
and the people are going to win. But this there, this lawsuit and the one I'm about to talk to you about are so important to FOIA, especially with what's happening with FOIA, because this goes to the open meetings laws. Okay, so what you're telling us is if we didn't have FOIA and you hadn't gotten this information, you you couldn't have said to them, look, what you did was illegal. That's right. That's right. And this decision, this, this decision, which I can't imagine would not go in our favor, is so important because let's say the judge ruled that they didn't break the law, okay, which can't say it happened, but let's say it didn't. What that did is that just set precedent, and it told every school board, every city council, and every quorum you quarter can break state, the law. Yeah, that you can meet, you can meet out of the public and make votes and decisions out of the public's eye. So what you've learned now, if you're a public official, that you can get yourself in a whole lot of hurt by not following the FOIA law because you'll be found out, and then when you're found out, you'll be you're going to be in front of a judge. And that ain't cheap. Now, it's not going to be your money, and I think that's important to talk about as well. It's not like that the uh, superintendent had to pay out anything to protect himself or the school board. It was taxpayers' money that was paid out. And I'm going to tell you, when this is all said and done, I'm going to tell you what the taxpayer paid for them to defend themselves from breaking the law, which they broke. That they had to, yeah, that they had to pay... To will, these lawyers, not will, with their own money, but with your money, which they consider monopoly money, evidently. And so, but yeah, when this all said and done, I'm going to come back over here and I'm going to tell you what it costs the taxpayers for them to defend themselves for breaking the law. Okay, go ahead. And okay, so this next one now, if that's not enough, recently I filed another complaint a four-year complaint in Lone Oak County Circuit Court against the Cabot School and let District. And let me make a point here. This is nothing this is nothing that Jimmy does just for the fun of it. That's not what's going on here. What is there's serious things that mm-hmm. are at stake here that he is trying to show you that you need to know about. Well it's about your freedoms. It's about your freedoms of information, to have the freedom to get the information. And this particular uh, case is very interesting, too, and goes right back to House Bill 1726, which David Ray introduced that would have, would have taken rid your freedoms. Of this. Okay? And this, is, this goes to the heart of that, really, because in uh, there's a lady in Cabot named Missy Bosch, and we've talked about her on the show. She's the been case. on my show a million sure. times. Good and, friend of the show. And I'm going to make this a long story short to get you where we're at, but... Uh, Last year, the superintendent banned her from all school property over – basically violated her civil rights. Mm-hmm. And so I took up for her and started an email thread with the superintendent fighting back. And I got Robert Steinbeck involved because I went, this isn't right. You just can't violate her rights like that just because you're the superintendent. And I mean, let me let me everybody understand. Missy Bosch is not an independently wealthy woman. No. So she got a lot of free legal advice about this and some free legal services because the lawyers that uh, took up her cause understood how important it was that somebody shouldn't be able to 
you can't even come on school property. Yeah, you don't have that. You don't have that power. And so, I actually got Robert Steinbuck involved in the process. And to truth, I got this lawsuit started. I got. I got. And the rightly whole issue. show you know, it, and so it needed to be started. Now, once. Once Robert got involved and missing, they filed in federal court. That was pretty much the end of it for me. But truth be told, yes, I got it going, and I'm glad I did. And so that case has been going on. It hadn't been to trial yet, and they've done depositions and stuff. How long has it been going on? I I guess probably a year now. In uh, grind slow, but grind fine, right? So much for (laughs) speedy trial. So, but me being me, what I do is – and I've talked about it on the show before, I really scrutinize uh, financial ends of government, and especially in... in uh, well, you in, in do like government. I talk about. Follow the sure. money. So That's it, what it's about. And why money? Because money equals power. Yeah. And so what I do with school districts that are represented by Beckett, Billingsley, and Keys is there are many times I will go in... And I will say, hey, give me all the all federal lawsuits you have against you right now, current lawsuits. And they'll give them to me. And then I say, okay, give me all the billing invoices from Beckett, Billingsley, and Keys pertaining to this particular lawsuit. And then I get those. And then I take those detailed invoices, which are very detailed. Like I'll give you an example. It will say, on this date, uh, Jay Beckett re- reviewed email and replied. On this date, Jay Beckett drafted uh, drafted memorandum, and then it says how much time, time. it took him to do yes. that, and that's the, that's what you can be billed for, right? And it's it, a time. So what I do, and and it really screwed everybody up when I first started doing it, because I said, okay, here's the invoice I just FOI'd from you. You gave me. Now you see all those emails and replies. You see that memorandum. You see that correspondence. You see this. I want all that now. And because I scrutinized to see, okay, I want to I want to see what they did to justify billing me, the taxpayer, for this. Mm-hmm. So I've done that in a lot of school districts. Okay, so so I'd do it, and I'd, and I'd FOI'd several lawsuits from Cabot, and I'd sent them requests pertaining to that lawsuit. So then I FOI'd Missy Bosch's lawsuit. All right? I go through it, so I did my deal. I FOI'd the lawsuit. Then I FOI'd the invoices. Then when I got the invoices, I went th- through the invoice, and I said, everything that's billed on there, I want those documents. Well, they wouldn't give them to me. And why not? Well, they didn't even respond. Oh, and I okay. went back in. I said, hey, you got to give me this. And they wouldn't respond. Because what most people don't know is... The law firm falls under FOIA. Okay, so when I sent that request, I sent it to the school district because that's what you have to do. You have to send it to the government entity. Okay, but I but I also sent it to which I've done this in the past. I'll explain to Jay Beckett and Cody Keys. I sent it to all three and I said, "Hey, I need these documents." Well, the district said we don't have any, and I said, "Okay, Cody and Jay, what about you?" Because the district would not have those. The law firm would. Right. Well, they refused to respond. So, so I finally had enough, and I said, okay, I've never done this before, but I myself am going to draft a complaint. 
and file it in circuit court. So I did. And all of a sudden it was, ooh. ooh. So when I did that, yeah. <laughs> little Scooby-Doo happening. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, I did it on my own, pro se, right? Right. And uh, I drafted I was pretty proud of myself, actually, in the, in the complaint and how I drafted it. So I submitted, and they immediately come back with a motion to dismiss. So at that point, I'm going, okay, now I'm, you know, I'm – I'm pretty good at what I do, but I'm not an attorney. And you didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn That's the night right. before. Okay. So I'm just smart enough to go that I'm not going to get out over my skis on this. You know, I, I, I drew the complaint hoping that they would say, okay, well, you're right, and we'll just give it to you. And they didn't. So instead of getting out over my skis, I called Robert Steinbuck, and I talked to him about the case. So when we go to the hearing where they're going to file this they're gonna He's present. going with you. Yeah. Now they didn't know he was coming, but I show up with Robert, which is like showing up to a gunfight with White Earp, right? And so, and his and his gun already drawn. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, but the, but here's what they did on the motion to dismiss. Here's what they're trying to say. First, they're trying to say that they don't fall under for you which is just not true. I mean, they do, and Robert did a beautiful job of explaining that uh, to the judge, which the judge already knew that. Yeah, and he agreed. And uh, But the, here's the other deal. And what they're saying is that I, can't, I shouldn't have that information because apparently uh, the attorneys, maybe Chris Corbett, who's in that case with Robert, had asked for some information from them. Uh, in a FOIA, and the school district said, well, we're not doing it. And then they went to the federal judge in Missy's case and and have petitioned him to uh, basically not allow FOIA from them on that case. All right. We're going to come back for the final segment, explain how all of this works out, and then we'll give you some more information that you need to know about, about how your tax money... Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Alright, it is. Love that camel. I do too. Love I that love, camel. I love that cam- I love that commercial. I really do. That camel walking I, that, down the That never the gets old. Yeah. Never gets old. And look, and yeah. they do it so well because they use uh, CGI to get his mouth to form it, uh, words and everything it's great it's really a good I, I just love that thing can it, can i make one Go real ahead. quick yeah, point because i got questions for you okay i, I just want to make clear on something uh i want to go back to the accusation of the conspiracy and everything which is totally ridiculous i've i don't know. i guess i guess i've been you look like somebody <laughs> have a conspiracy go ahead i guess um for probably five years I have contacted Robert Steinbuck. I got his book before that, several years before that. Um, we kind of came across each other on some different emails and stuff. And so I'm not shy to ask people things, right? And because I'm not the expert, but I, I will go to them. So well, we got unlimited funds. Yeah. And so, so over the years, yes, I've I speak to Robert about things. He speaks to me about things. Well, we don't have unlimited funds. Yes. I should have said. And so I. I He's a valuable resource. He calls me about things, okay? And so we network because we're all in it for you. 
Joey McCutcheon I got involved with less than two years ago, but I'm so blessed to be involved with him because he, like Robert, they are the top two attorneys on FOIA. So I have those resources. I've always used resources. Uh, Andrew Norwood, very brilliant attorney with uh, with Deets and Associates uh, here in Little Rock. I coached him when he was at Catholic High. I pick up the phone and call him. Uh, Steve Bilheimer, another very brilliant attorney. He's been around forever. I pick up the phone and call him. So there's not a – these are all people I've known, and I'm not shy. If I don't know, I'll bug them. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, hey – let me ask you a question. And and by the way, don't even think about starting the meter. You know, that kind of deal. I, know, I got you. And, uh, and, and, and so, they, so I've been blessed in that. So to insinuate that is really, really, it's more of an insult to Robert and Chris Corbett, who, who also have Who know of, better. Yeah. And so I just want to make that clear. The reason I, the reason I sent those for you is because that's what I do. We're about to talk about it. That's what I do. I do it at other school districts, not just Cabot. I do it there. I scrutinize Beckett and Billsley Keys Billings because I've said it in public. We've talked about it. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it right now. I believe that Beckett, Billsley, and Keys milks the taxpayers. Well, let's figure this out. Let's, let's say that they, that they represent 60 school districts, and let's say they get them for fifty grand a year. All right, which in this case it's going to be more because you're talking about just two lawsuits that were fifty thousand. And there's right more now. lawsuits down there. Cat. That's like three million dollars. Yeah, they have a hugely lucrative firm. You keep you keep you put all that together, and again, it's not paid by the superintendent. Nope. It's not paid by the people that are on the school board. It's paid by your tax money. That's it. Anytime, I can tell you how this works, at Cabot, North Little Rock, Conway, all these other school districts, if you work at a school district and you're in administration, not, you don't have to just be the superintendent, but there's a deal and you, and you go, you know, I wonder, okay, pick up the phone, hmm, call Beckett Benson. I wonder. Yeah. So you pick up the phone and you call Beckett Benson Keys. As soon as a person answers that phone. Meter's running. Meter starts. Yeah. So you may talk about. You know, how you doing? Oh, my kid's birthday was this weekend. Great. You know, tell me about mm-hmm. that. And then you say, hey, the reason I call you is this. And then you talk about that. And then you finish up, hey, did you play golf this weekend? How'd you, how'd you shoot? You it's know, that's- the same way. See, it <laughs> no. works the same way as, as if you got in a taxi. When you get in the taxi, as soon as you say, I want to go to this place, he hits a little yeah. button and the meter starts that's running. It. That's it. And if when you look at Beckett, Billsley, and Keyes' invoices and they're very detailed billing because they got to back it up uh there's not they don't miss charging for anything and i'm not saying they shouldn't okay nobody begrudges anybody no you you should you should get paid for whatever marketable skill that you're using but where i contend and i we talked about the break and and i did a story on it that really resonated with people there's a couple of them with them is uh at the conway school district back during the last school board election which uh, was the only election. It was back in May. But a parent-teacher organization had asked the school district if they could use the auditorium to, to put on a candidate form. Okay, have the political candidates uh, there. in the school district reached out to Beckett, Billings, and Keyes, assistant superintendent did, and said, hey, can we allow them to do this? Okay. Well, what they did 
because I got the when I found out about it, I got the detailed billing on it. They drafted a one-page memo and gave it to the school district with their thoughts on it. Okay, and they charged them seventeen hours of time for that one-page document and billed the school district over four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now. That one document with their opinion. Good deal if you can get away with it. Yeah. And so basically they had talked to the Arkansas Ethics Commission attorney. Okay, well, I talked to the Arkansas Ethics Commission's attorney. The citizens can pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I've got this. Is that Does that violate any campaign or ethics laws? And they'll tell you. Okay. So why couldn't the superintendent do that? That's my deal. Why, why does assistant superintendent immediately go taxpayer money go there why can't they i did i can do it i've done that stuff i could have done in less than two hours what beckett billsley and keys did 17 hours they built 17 hours because jay beckett had to review the stuff and then they sent it to Cody keys review and then they sent it to their associate philip breck and then he comes back and says will you review this and they review this and they and next thing you know they finally get the finished product 17 hours, over $4,000. And then you get the bill. Yeah. Or the taxpayer and gets you, the bill. You don't get it in the mail. It'd be nice as if they had to spend the money on that, and instead of just putting it on a ledger and voting on it at the next meeting, they had to send you a little, you know, a, a text message and say, mm-hmm. hey, we spent X amount of dollars just now <laughs> yeah. to take care of uh, a lawsuit. Yeah. And so that's the type of that's the type of things that really drive me up a wall. I'm all for everybody making money, but you're milking the tax seventeen hours for that one page memo. That you a neophyte, <laughs> you who don't know squat basically about that can do in two hours. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've dealt with Arkansas Ethics Commission before. I've called them. I've talked to their attorneys and issues, and, and I'd say, hey, is this, you know, here's what I got. To me, it looks like it doesn't follow campaign finance laws and, and ethics laws. What do you think? Well, Jimmy, it's kind of a gray area here based off this. I say, okay, thanks. And then sometimes I'll call and say, no, you're right on. They can't do that. It's it, They're never lengthy conversations. It's pretty cut don't and dry. Don't have to be. All right. All right. Yeah, another story for you. All right, let's do it. All right. Americans are expected to spend more on food through the rest of 2023 and into 2024 as prices continue to rise, even as President Joe Biden is out running around the country touting his record on inflation and Bidenomics. According to a recent analysis from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service, yes, there is such an entity, and yes, your taxes are paying for how many people that are in there, uh, food prices will remain elevated for the remainder of this year and into 2024, with increases in 2023 projected to be higher than average. Food prices are expected to grow more slowly in 2023 than in 2022, but still they're going to grow faster and higher than the historic average. In 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase by nearly 6%, with a prediction interval of 5.3 to 6.5% 
the USDA researcher said in a press release. How much do you spend per month on food? I know that when I had my kids at home, I was spending about $300 a month. Okay, And that was then. Yeah, and, and that was a ways back, yeah. all right? So uh, if it had been 10%, that's 30 uh, so uh, if it's 5%, let's say it's $15. Let's take 15 times 12, all right? doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I'll tell you what. It would have bought a lot of the staples that I wanted and needed for my family. I mean, I just I can go through it. I mean, I Well, the bottom line is this. Inflation has drastically risen under Joe Biden. And for him to even say that his record on inflation coming down is is good or anything is ridiculous. It's going through the roof with him. It reminds you, I'm I'm 61. You're you're probably you're 70. I guess we remember Jimmy Carter. We remember. We've seen this movie before. A lot of these young folks haven't. But here's the thing. These food prices have gone up so much, and you couple that with gas prices, okay? And then you couple that with energy prices, how the price of everything has gone up. And then you look at these families, these blue-collar families. Let's take a couple, uh, let's say they're early 30s, and they've got two or three kids. And they both go to work every day, right? And let's think about those moms, because moms are usually the ones that do the household budget, in everything okay these moms are literally having to sit down weekly and go hey what have i got to cut we want this at the store but you know that's too frivolous for us with this money it's too, it's too much money uh we're going to have to cut back on this type of grocery we're going to buy the, the 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 cheap brands instead the off brands instead of this we're going to have to do this and they're constantly adjusting and if you look at the studies Nobody's able to save money right now. No. In uh, In fact, uh, you know, using your credit cards is at an all-time limit right now. They just keep going up. Uh, Just, uh, you know, delinquency on payments is at an all-time high right now. People are literally financing groceries. Yeah. I mean, think about that. They're literally financing groceries. And... So you so all I can say is this when Democrats are in control, this is what you get. It's been that way since in my lifetime. I mean, we go back to Jimmy Carter and look at what the interest rates are doing right now. Look at the interest rates under Jimmy Carter, look at inflation under Jimmy Carter, look at the uh, everything under Jimmy look at the the sta- look at the retirement counts right now. I mean, look at look at the value the retirement accounts are just going in the tubes. Yep. And how can anybody deny that? Now, people Nobody have, can deny it. The, even the way that it's choosing your words carefully is what they do to make it sound that it's not a big deal. Well, inflation only went up 3.2%. And, you know, just this... Just this time last month, it was 4%. Yeah, but this time last year, 
it was at one percent. That's so right. <laughs> now you got two percent per month, leading all the way up to this. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. People, you, you just got to listen to what they tell you. They're playing you for a fool. Well, you you literally to the point where we have to decide: Do you want socialism? Because that's what this is going into. Just look I mean, at your health care. Tell me you want socialism. Oh, oh gosh, and. Uh, this, but this this whole thing, I'm I literally, you know, I'm pretty blessed right now. That me and mom, my wife, are pretty blessed. That all I do is go store and I gripe about the prices. Yeah, but I don't have to cut anything. I agree. Think about these families, these young families with two or three kids, and these they're just trying to work and go, and they're literally having to. That cut. the kids are going through a couple of gallons of milk a week. Yeah, let me tell you what that adds up, or that they're going through three and four dozen eggs. Yeah. A week, which used to be just a really reasonable thing to eat to be able to well, fill fill bellies up. We'll talk more yeah, about it when we sure. come back. Don't forget about asset protection, uh, wealth management. That's Gary Garrison. Get your retirement right, whether you're going into retirement or you're in retirement, and you want to make sure that you do not outlive your money. Let me repeat that. You do not want to outlive your money. You want your money always to outlive you. Talk to Gary Garrison about that. He'll tell you how to get it done. Uh, He'll set up a free, no-obligation consultation with you. All you got to do is call him. It's 1-501-225-9045. 1-501-225-9045. That is uh, Gary Garrison's Asset Protection Wealth Manager. Yeah, just so you know, we are being affected by this hurricane. That hurricane keeps this dome of high pressure that's over us, keeps it from moving. just sits over top of it because it has nowhere to go because a storm is in its way. Now, by the weekend, the storm will be out on the Atlantic again, and the high pressure can build again and uh, get stronger again and expect that to happen it's going to get hotter again before it gets cooler all right bart hester said this about the uh, governor saying that she wanted to work on uh, having a special session and cutting taxes and he says uh, dave she's been clear since she started campaigning that she wants to work towards zero income tax and a special session to cut taxes is keeping her word, and I'm all for it. And I have to say, so am I. I'm all for it yeah. as well. you got to figure out a way that you can tweak. Uh, and Look, you don't want to go in and, and make a huge change and then have to go back and raise taxes again or whatever. But you do want to go and tweak it so that you're just not overtaxing people and running up these huge, uh, you know, um, masses of money that are in the bank for better terminology. Well, and you said it earlier, when we have that billion-dollar surplus, that means that we're overtaxing. That's exactly Sure, that's exactly what it means. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That is exactly what it means. You're taking more money from people than you need to. And guess what? People need that money. Sure, they right do. We now, just talked they about it. Yeah. Need it. Yeah, we just talked about it. And 
it looks like they're considering uh, this special session uh, as early as September 11th. Oh, okay. See, they're going to do it while I'm out of town. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're going to do it. uh, Now, the first thing Democrats will say, because they're they're talking about, and it's, it's, some people say, well, that's hardly nothing, but they're talking about the ballpark range of between 0.2% and 0.4%, okay? And you say, well, that's... That's not a lot, but, but, but it is. But it's a start. Yeah, it let's is. talk about that. Yeah. What's Frank Scott asking for? Oh, one percent. That's not a lot. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> All right, it's not a lot, but it adds up to millions of dollars mm-hmm. a year. And the the you know it's funny. Frank Scott is going to want to is going to want to increase your taxes by one percent city sales tax, but he would be the very guy that would be against yes this tax cut yes because they want as much of your money as they can get that's why they don't want to cut any of it out no and when you start talking about you say for well for the individuals 0.2 to 0.3 0.4 they go well it's not that much okay it's maybe it's not that much per citizen but it's it's a start and it's certainly better than nothing and uh, you well, know, we just did another. We did another. Uh, what was a two percent cut during the session? So yeah, we're close to maybe they'll get up to close to a half a percent. Yeah, so we're getting there, and it's just, you've got to start somewhere. But then you will have liberals that go, "Well, this is this tax cut is only for the the corporate and the rich oh, because zero point four percent to to corporations is a huge amount of money where it's really nothing to citizens." Well, I get tired of people demonizing corporations making profit i get tired of anybody who demonizes the rich i don't know about anybody else that's listening to this show right now just to be honest i'm working to be rich i want to be rich i I wouldn't turn it down if it hit me what's so wrong about that that's right i i think that i have uh, the right mindset that i could handle riches but maybe I can't. Maybe God knows that's why I'm not become rich. Well, you know, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I'm going to spend some money. Yeah. Which I'm, is good for everybody. Yeah. Right at the very beginning, I'm going to spend yeah, quite drink, a bit of money. Drinks for everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, that won't be the first thing that I buy. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. I'm, that's just not but you're going to spend. Yes. And what's good for the economy? Spenders. Spending. Okay. That's exactly right. And when, because you know why? When I spend, I get taxed on it. Yeah, and you know the a true conservatives, a true conservatives mindset is, you know, hey, cut taxes and create more taxpayers. Okay, that's the way true conservatives of yep. like us see it, right? Yep. Uh, so when people will say, "Well, the corporations are going to be the biggest benefit," that well. But that benefits everybody. Yeah, and here's the other thing. Don't let anybody tell you that somehow, you know, that that's not going to work its way down to you. It will. It does make its way down to you. It may make its way down to you in a different way. I mean, it might be that the company, because they're taxed less, hires two more people. Maybe it doesn't raise your pay. 
but it may along the line be able to lower your tax burden a little bit because you got a couple more people that are hired on that they're paying taxes too. It allows growth, and growth means jobs. Yeah, and 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 I want to talk about demonizing rich again because people do that into sense. But do you know what? Rich people spend money. Okay, uh, people say. Oh, well, all these rich people live in Chanel and these mansions and everything. Well, who do you think takes care of those mansions? Who do you think the, the, the landscaping crews, all that, that's how they make money. When they were demonizing all the people for flying in private Lear jets, you remember that in, uh, what was it, about, I don't know, five, eight years ago, that that was a big thing. And then Falcon Jet... They start, they They're out about out of business yeah, now, aren't they? because of all that. Yeah, because cut back same way back in Carter's day, they didn't want people to have yachts. Yeah. So they they started taxing the heck out of them. Yeah. Here, here's here's a, a word of wisdom: if you want more of something, don't tax it. Yeah. If you want less of something, tax the bejeebas out of and it. And that's. That's, bejeebus that's is a good get. word. I mean, it really is. And what a result of that is the upholstery guy that makes a living doing upholstery for those seats on the jet just lost his job. Yep, absolutely. And uh, and it's you want to talk about trickle down? That trickle down. You just you just took food out of common people's mouths when you take that approach. But for some reason, a liberal cannot figure that out. I don't. I don't get it. They don't. They really. They really don't. They. They don't figure it out, and then they'll say, "Well, but that might be. Uh, we might taking some money from them, but we give them money back. You know, for unemployment, and we give money back to them uh, through uh, social services. Yeah, but that's money that the government's spending that the government didn't make. That's right. They took it out of play in the economy by." grabbing that money for the government so that they could redistribute that wealth which is socialism Socialism. that's exactly right it's not hard to find it it's all around you it is all around you yeah and and i literally did we talked about just but i had a guy that i used to play golf with and that's what he did he he did he worked for uh falcon jet and I mean, it was his career, and when all that went down, boom! I had a friend. He, that he was out of a job. For him, and finally ended up getting cut. Yeah, by him. They're and, a French company, by the way. Yeah, and but you're sitting there going, so you, so you demonize those people, and what you did is you just you just devastated this guy. Might bend your neighbor. Yeah, you may not even know what he did for a living, and by doing that. He lost his job. What I do know is rich people spend money. The more they make, the more they spend. That's just human nature, right? Typically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't take it with you, so they can, maybe they've got all this money in the bank and savings and everything, but they're going to spend a lot of money. Yep. Which, which, they, which creates jobs. And let me also say that I have never, ever worked for somebody that didn't have more money than I did. Yeah. All right. And they took their money for and to do whatever it was that I'm working on for them to do. All right. So I'm all about rich people. Yeah. I, I really am. And don't give me that crap about paying your fair share. The rich people, the rich 1% in this nation pays almost all the taxes. Oh, gosh, yeah. 
Gosh, yeah. And uh, so, to, yeah, to make that argument is, is it's just ignorance. Just ridiculous. Well, it's ignorance. It's yeah. people that just do not understand and probably they may not even be able to read yet. I'm just thinking. How many, how many people have jobs in the world because of Elon Musk? I agree. I mean. A lot of people. <laughs> so, I mean, just stop and think about that. Yeah. They, they really – or, you know, uh, Gates or, yeah. or whoever you want to pick, pick Bezos. Yeah. You, you pick them, they're employing people. That's right. There's a lot of people driving around here and delivering uh, Amazon, Amazon packages. That's right. Okay? And, yeah, may not be the greatest job in the world, but you're making money and you're buying things and – you're trying to get to your American dream. That's I understand right. that. That's exactly right. But that's the way you do it. You work. That's it. And in 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 the Amazon jobs pay pretty good. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, a, well, let's just do a UPS driver. One hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. That's with health insurance. Everything. That's a pretty good living, if you ask me. Well, that yeah. That's Delivering very, packages. And uh, so, so yeah. The, it, it does work. So stop demonizing. Listen, listen. You can be poor and be a jerk, and you can be rich and be a jerk. Your income doesn't define what type of person is. Your character does. Okay, take the money out of the equation. Judge somebody by their character, not by their pocketbook. Yeah, and and don't quote the Bible at me. That money is the root of all evil. That's not what it says. It says the love. Of money well, yeah. is the root of all evil. Yeah. yeah, but they forget that. Oh, they do. The love they? of. <laughs> they forget that. You don't have to have a lot of money to have the love of money. Yeah. In fact, probably the people that don't have a lot of money have more problem with it than the people who have a lot of money. <laughs> it's probably so. Just to be honest. Yeah. All right. Uh, 13 minutes until 11. We'll come back. We'll finish it up. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 